Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Hello, friends. I hope that you are having a great night. I am so excited. I have a special guest joining me tonight, so I'm going to wait for her to hop on live with me. But I am also really excited because I just had a live, a Zoom actually, with the Fearless Fostering alum for one of our Fearless Fostering alums' birthdays, Carmen Maria Navarro. She's on Instagram and she's amazing. And it was just super fun. Oh, yay. Okay. Haley's here. We are going to chat tonight about all things foster care and just our specific journeys. So I'm excited. Yay, Haley, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect. I haven't done this before. Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. Perfect. I'm so excited that you were willing to chat. And I think it would be helpful if you could kind of just share a little bit about your foster care journey so far and like what made you get started fostering. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a foster parent with my husband for a little over a year. So we got licensed in, well, right around this time in October last year. My journey kind of started similar to a lot of people's. I was young. I was, I went with my parents to one of those that we now see as kind of problematic, but one of those like save the orphan church things. But what I took away from that was that there's young kids in the system that that need help and need families. And so right after college, I actually left a career in engineering to really focus on social work and human resources and things. I'm going to be his provider now. Um, and I started CASA, um, a volunteer for CASA. So I've had three cases, nine kids over the last two years through CASA. It's been about a year doing that before then I started into foster care. So oh my goodness, kind oh. of a, a zigzag of a journey there. <laughs> I love it so my journey is going to probably be, well, it is the opposite of that. Like, I'm like, I didn't know about CASA until I had been a foster parent for a long time. And um, then I was like, oh my gosh, like, that sounds like the perfect thing to do when we like close our home. Like I still yeah. want to be involved in foster care. And I love the idea of everything that a CASA does. So yeah. that makes me so excited. So, so who like without names, obviously is in your home right now. Like what does your household look like? Yeah, so we actually just uh, celebrated our adoption of our two little ones. So they were actually our second placement. We had a six and a seven-year-old over Christmas last year, and they were actually able to be reunified. So that was huge. Mm -hmm. And then three days later, we got my three-year-old and my one-year-old. So we've had them since January. We were their third and fourth placement, uh, respectively, their full siblings. And we adopted them the same day you adopted yours. I love it so much. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, yes. that's so exciting. So how are you feeling post-adoption? We should talk about that because someone was just asking me, like, does it feel different? Like, what do you feel? What are you surprised by how you feel? So I'll ask you those questions first. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually been getting a lot of those similar <laughs> questions from, from friends and peers. I was surprised how much I did have a response to it. Because, you know, we've we've had our kids since January. We knew pretty early on um, they were actually placed with us to be an adoptive placement. So we actually had the opportunity to kind of get into that mindset pretty early on um, because they had already spent about a year working towards reunification and it was deemed not possible. So 
we knew early on. So the the love I have for my kids, my identity as a mom, none of that has changed. We didn't need that day that had been determined a while ago. What for me, I really noticed was you walk into that courtroom and up until that court date, up until that moment, anything can change. Anything, it can get postponed. Someone can get COVID, something that can happen. And you are still a foster parent. You are not their parent yet. And then in for our in our case, five minutes and forty five seconds later, I was their mom. Done. <laughs> Boom. No longer a foster parent because we don't have any other placements in our home right now. We're still active and everything. So I'm still but in that moment I went from foster mom to mom. Boom. And yeah. it doesn't change anything about my kids. I keep trying to tell people it has nothing to do with my children. It has everything to do with me and my identity. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then I think you also you lose a little bit of that community. You go from your worker and your casa, and we happen to be really lucky and we had a great team and you have your guardian on them and you have all these people calling, 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 and then it's just silent, which on one hand is great. <laughs> it's good. But on the other hand, this like team that you've spent a year building and collaborating with and living some of your like rawest, hardest moments, gone. It's crazy. It's crazy. How are you doing? How do you feel? I love everything that you just said because it fits so, so much with how I feel. I was just, I was literally just trying to put it into words um, earlier today. And I was like, I feel like it, exactly it. Like it's when the gavel hit and they let my four-year-old son bang the gavel because he didn't get his adoption oh. because of COVID. So sure. it really were sweet about like saying this is for Jaden too, that this is, you know, the symbol symbolic coming together of this family. And I was like, okay. I love that. I um, love that. It was so good, but I feel like, I feel like the weight of the world was just off. I, because, you know, ours was a different story in that, you know, our, you know, there was TPR that happened for our son and then the rights were surrendered for our daughter and it felt so, but it just all felt so heavy, like the whole time. And right when we were about to say like, we need a break from foster care and from, you know, any new placements, like pandemic happened and then we got the call for our daughter and we were like okay what like I I already like I remember saying to my mom what am I gonna do because I knew I had found out about our daughter but she hadn't come to us and yet they hadn't said that they needed you know her to have a place in our home so I was just like what if they call us what am I gonna do and my mom was like what do you mean what are you gonna do like you're gonna do it you can do it like you're fine I was like okay Uh huh and we just, I mean, by the grace of God, like we got through that. That was a very, <laughs> I'd literally laugh. I don't know how we got through it, but we got through it. And now I'm just so thankful to not have those phone calls, to not have the visits in the house. Like it just, I feel like I can be such a more present parent, yes. not yes. always anticipating the next thing. What if, and like you said, anything can happen. It could be, yeah. oh, someone's sick. Oh, someone this, this or that. Anything that you think is going to happen really might not. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's that way in life, but foster care just really brings that to the forefront, I think, which makes it a lot more heavy to deal with. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I kind of explained it to people as I felt like for for ten months, I was like walking around grieving at mm-hmm. the same time that I was celebrating. Every moment would catch me of what if I lose this? And now I know as a casa and as a foster parent how important it is to support bio families and to support all of that. And I have that weight too at the same time, because then you're grieving and you feel guilty for grieving and you're like, (laughs) 
And so for me, being able to put that grief down and just, okay, we can, we can start to look forward at, at what's to come and what's to build and things like that. It's just, yeah. Hey, Foster Mama. As you probably know, there are some caseworkers who are amazing at providing emotional support and some are just not. Now, even if you're blessed with an amazing caseworker, they're not likely going to be able to support you emotionally as often as you need them to. That's why it's hugely important to learn the skills necessary to process through your emotions on your foster care journey. And that's exactly what I'm here to help with. My live class, Solutions for Foster Care Stress, is happening January 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss out on this chance to learn the skills you need to lighten the emotional burden of foster care. You can sign up and save your spot today at fearlessfostering.com. Yeah, seeing some of these comments from other foster mamas that we see you and we are with you and in solidarity is so difficult, this journey. And absolutely, I mean, I, I... I think that you're so right, Haley, that it just is like being able to be having to feel like you're carrying both. And I always say that to people. I'm like, when we add guilt to the mix, and that's like one of the primary messages that I'm here to like get out there is like, guilt is not our friend. Guilt is not anything. No. We can't have these heavy, big, burdensome emotions and guilt because guilt is like three times heavier than anything else. And it just, it's just, there's no purpose for it and no place for it in foster care. Well, and even the educators, even the Instagram accounts, even the even the places where we gain so much encouragement from, they're not feeling that way 24-7 either. And so I challenge a lot of my peers that are walking through this as we are in that season of, I feel guilty, but I'm hoping to keep my kids, but I need to be supporting this and I'm, I'm worried and I'm protective. And it, there's so many emotions battling all the time. I, I like to challenge everyone that we're human and there's a difference in having the thought and acting on the thought you can have that thought that's such a real thing you wouldn't be bonded you wouldn't be their parent if you didn't have that thought it's what you do past that that matters but yeah it's it's that duality all the time and it's exhausting it is it absolutely is and i think that's that's such a good way of putting it it's that duality all the time that like we don't even, we're not even, most people are not cognizant of it daily. You know what I yes. mean? Like, I yes. don't, I don't even know why I'm short tempered. Why I, you know, like, why am I acting the way, why am I not sleeping? Why am I having nightmares when I do sleep? Like, well, yes, I do know why it's because mm-hmm. this is like carrying that duality is so incredibly taxing, but it's not yes. even I'm aware of. If someone asked me how I'm doing, I could genuinely say to them, Oh, great. Like, things are going well, our, you know, kids are doing great and we're going on vacation next week, whatever. And I mean it, but really mm-hmm. I have these symptoms and we as foster moms sometimes have these symptoms in our day-to-day life. That's like, this is not feel like my best version of myself. And we have yes. to have grace in those moments. Yes. And you have to find, I think you have to find a space and you have to find people who understand it so that you can talk it out and you can share it, whether that's your partner, whether that's a friend, whether that's an online community. Uh, for me, that would be my therapist. Um, just wherever that realm is where you really can sit there and process, like I say, I'm feeling great, but I haven't slept in three days. Huh, what could be going on? Because, you, because it does, it takes a toll on your parenting. But I also think it's, I know for me, one thing I struggle with and adoption really brought this to the forefront is I actually said out loud, like, what's my identity now? I've been a foster mom for 10 months. That's been how I introduced. I'm, I'm Haley. I'm a foster mom. What now? And I think it's, 
that, that's just, that's, that's a part of the journey too, because it takes over your whole life. It sure does. And I actually, <laughs> crazy that you said that I have a post in my drafts that literally says like foster care is not like, cannot be our main identity because like, it, cause there's so many, I talked to so many people, even like when I said, I shared with my husband that we literally, it, because it feels like it is because it's so consuming. Yep. And I said, I shared that, I, you know, our home is closed and we're not going to be taking any more, you know, foster placements for the much into the foreseeable future. And he was like, oh, is there any like backlash from that? And I was like, no, thankfully. But if there was, I would have to really like confront that person and be like, hey, I'm more than a foster mom. So like, yes. I'm not doing this anymore. But it does. But, but that's the duality again, because it feels like our identity, because even the people that we know and love. Like my friends will be like, oh, this is Kathleen. She's a foster mom. Yes. Like, yes. <sighs> yes. So, so much so, so much so. And so much of a, it's almost the, it's the qualifier. Oh, but, but it's also used for our kids too. Yes. And, and you really have to fight that because yes. my kids will have a hard time and well-meaning, well-intentioned people in my life will go, oh, well, they're in foster care. And I'm like, no, they're three. They're three. They're going to have a hard time. Let's not put that as the qualifier before everything that they do before every bad day, because I sure would hate if everyone had a qualifier for every time I had a had a hard time. Oh, she's hormonal. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't enjoy that. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, sometimes it's because just things have made me mad. Okay. Yes. Yes. I know that is so true. And it's so exactly like many well-meaning people have been like, Oh, like, this like these are her five. I'm like no 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 no. Yeah. My children, all four of them. Like yes, no need to be. There's no need to make a distinction. You know. No, and there's a time and place at the doctor's right. office. I have to make that distinction at times. It, you know, in certain arenas, but 99% of our life, we don't have to make that distinction. And that's our kids. You know, to share with who they want to share it with. You know, yes. their own life. You know, when yeah. it's ready. So, oh, okay, well, I feel like I've known you way longer. Than- I know I agree. <laughs> to have you on the podcast at some point, but oh, that would be so fun. Thank you, and uh, congrats to congrats thank just you. for the permanency that your family has now. I know that's yes. an amazing relief and a great feeling. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, have a great night, and thanks. Everyone. You too. Thanks, everyone. See ya.